Welcome to the Hog Call Podcast. This is Chad. And this is Tim. Be sure to subscribe to the Hog Call on your favorite podcast directory. iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever you'd like, we're on them all. The Hog Call is only live, real-time, uncut, uncensored, Razorback podcast. Created by fans for fans. Friend us on Facebook at Hog Call Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Hog Call Podcast. Chad runs the Facebook page and Tim runs the Twitter page. Support the Hog Call Podcast by helping us spread the word. Give us a five-star rating and leave a comment, even if it's just Go Hogs. This will go a long way to allow other Razorback fans find the podcast more easily. If you'd like to throw a tip our way, you can support the podcast financially by clicking on the link in the show description. We're counting on fan support. Do you have something Hog Call Nation needs to hear? Leave a voicemail by clicking the link in the description below or send an email to hogcallpodcast.gmail.com. Well, it's good to get that mess out of the way. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Chad, going good. Got a big matchup with Kentucky this week. How are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I appreciate you asking, Tim. I'll tell you what, I'm just sitting here and I'm I'm taking a look at uh, this this whole Kentucky ordeal. It looks like we're going to uh, have an uphill battle, according to everything I'm looking at, which is kind of ridiculous because we really shouldn't be having an uphill battle. Yeah, against a 2-3 and team. You wouldn't think that way, but they're they're kind of back backs against the wall too. A team that won ten games last year, a coach uh, in Mark Stoops. That actually, I think it, they're uh, one of or the only team in the FBS the last six out of seven years, last six years, they've done at least as good or better each of the seasons since uh, his last six seasons there. So they're not they're going to have to win every game to do that again this year. It's going to be wild. Well, hey, good news, Tim. We don't have any fans that rode in in the, the bye week. So, uh, you know, I don't know if that's a thing for whenever we lose, we get more fans that ride in or, or or leave a voicemail or whatnot. We don't have any voicemails or anything for anybody this week. Sorry about that. Uh, there is, you know, one thing. I definitely dropped the ball. It's not Tim's fault. I know he said we was going to drop this podcast last night, and we should have, and I fell asleep so yeah my fault uh (laughs) i wish wish i had a better excuse for you guys like i was out drinking and forgotten no no nothing like that just fell asleep um and uh yeah so so it is what it is but uh fantasy you know everybody locked out on that this week with the with the fantasy because i i forgot to do my lineup for college (laughs) fantasy so it's been a it's been a tumultuous week for me let's just put it that way i've had a whole lot going on in my personal life and i have uh you know just uh just been doing a lot of different things that uh as far as work and stuff like that and i just kind of got myself a little bit overwhelmed and uh i'll be back on track and we'll be getting these out for you on wednesday night like we're supposed to and and uh we'll we'll get things turned around so i just wanted to kind of let everybody know what what was going on there the normal media folks have it have it good when these kind of things are their jobs you know what i mean we got we got (laughs) 
regular regular nine to five jobs and families going on. Well, they do too, but you know, regular jobs that aren't this, and then uh-huh. this is a hobby. So it's you know we we still do it. I mean, it's still Thursday night. Uh, we're gonna have it released by you know your Friday morning drive or afternoon drive. The game isn't until six thirty, seven thirty, depending on where you live, or five thirty and uh, those folks out west. So plenty of time to still listen to this. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I know a lot of guys listen to the podcast after the game and stuff. And that hey, more power to you. You know, uh, yeah, I'm just glad that uh, we're able to get out there and and uh, provide you with some content that that you guys feel like is valuable. And I appreciate every single one of you listening because uh, it is a blast for a. Uh, for an old ball coach like myself who's not coaching anymore to be able to, you know, stay in the game. You know what I mean? And and, and that's that's what I really enjoy about doing this. Yeah, it's it's fun. We're gonna keep doing it. I really like it. I even with us losing, it's gonna be a lot funner when we start winning. Hopefully oh, yeah. get this program on track. Oh yeah. And we got basketball, you know, and I'm sure we're gonna do do some big winning in basketball and there's always hockey you know and uh, everybody knows how good the hockey team is and, and then you got baseball coming around and you know who who knows who knows we might get a little bit more involved in baseball but you know we're going to be heavily involved in, in basketball and football you know that for sure so yeah still and this is a busy time for us we're really just getting rolling in this season two i think this may be episode eight or so but uh, basketball's right around the corner. They had the red-white game the other day. Uh, football's will be halfway through after this Saturday, but as of right now, still not halfway there. So a lot of a lot of good podcasts to go in the next several months, and this is exciting. Hopefully, a kind of a we did a podcast obviously last week, but kind of a, a breather not to have to talk about a loss this week and just be able to preview a game, a big game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, oh, that's my fishing watch, Tina. It's going off. Time to go fishing? Man, there's three fish on it. I got to get this thing done. All right. <laughs> well, I guess we'll be doing this. See y'all. Uh, hopefully we'll record tomorrow night. <laughs> Chad, good luck fishing, buddy. Oh. So, uh, I'll tell you what, that fishing watch is pretty accurate. If anybody's like, what in the world's fishing watch? It is, it's called a uh, KCO uh pathfinder fishing watch i got one uh tim liked it so much he went out and got himself one actually way back in the day and this thing is i don't even i wear an apple watch now but i still keep it on my desk and look at it just to see when the fish are biting because it's pretty darn accurate i've never had three or fish on it and not got a fish and if i have four fish I always tear it up that day yeah if there's four fish on it uh three fish are always pretty solid you're gonna catch something um, but if you get a four fish day, you know you're going to catch it. I mean, you know you're going to catch some and uh, catch catch quite a bit. Yeah, that's always how really good luck, no matter what you're fishing for, too. Yeah, uh, and it, it's crazy too. Like you, you get the watch, you got like set it up with the altitude and everything, and and like it, there's a lot to it. So it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. And I think it's only like thirty forty bucks. So that's what it was when I bought it. And it's old. yeah, it wasn't bad. I doubt it's. <laughs> I, I bet it's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway, uh, just just to say that. So you went to the red white game, the basketball game. Give us the lowdown. Well, what 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 was that all about? Like, I think we need to we need to delve into that a little bit. Well, 
First off, it was at Barnhill Arena. My first time seeing a basketball game there. I've seen concerts. I remember in college seeing Magic Johnson speak, uh, do a speech there, and some several other things. But it was nice to see a basketball game there. Pretty good atmosphere. Good to see Nolan out there on the court. They even brought Eddie Sutton back. He hadn't traveled. You know, they honored or honor him a lot over the years. But you always see was well, a family member representing him, or they do a video, or hey, he couldn't be here today, so. I was surprised he was out there too. It's nice to get both of them together. And I'll tell you um, what, you know, I've actually had an opportunity to spend some time in, in Barnhill uh, whenever, you know, I was in high school and my grandpa's a big Razorback fan and he took me up to a couple of games in the uh in the nineties, in the late nineties, ninety four, ninety five, uh, ninety six, um and wow. I'm just saying that place was rocking. You know what I mean? It was rocking. So I couldn't imagine. I don't know what it was like this time around, but I know when we went, it was it was rocking and rolling. It was a really enthusiastic environment. And I was like, a, you know, I was in like, se- like you know, senior in high school and stuff. So for me, junior in high school. So for me, it was, you know, I remember it well. There's some Razorback stuff I've done, like when I was a kid. I just, it's, it's like I know I did it, but I don't remember it, you know. Oh yeah, and I wasn't because I didn't get to go. I was probably four or five when they moved into Bud Walton about 90, 93, 94 season. So mm-hmm. I never got to go. I really wish I did. Been to plenty of games in Bud Walton, um, but you know, obviously the atmosphere ain't going to be what it was versus an SWC SEC foe some of those legendary games. I mean, they, uh, you know, our record all time was 304-94 in that building, especially, I mean, no one went undefeated, barely lost maybe one or maybe three or four games total um, in, in Barnhill before, you know, of course he was the reason, you know, they had to build Bud Walton, but, you know, Eddie Sutton did really well. I had several undefeated seasons there. Mm-hmm. So obviously that atmosphere wasn't that, but there was, there for a red-white game, is really good. I've been to the, um, Probably all, most all of the Mike Anderson red white games, and then college under the Heath and Pelfrey era ones. And uh, this one's definitely, you know, uh, was pretty nice, pretty nice crowd, especially for a Saturday afternoon in the uh, football season. I wish they would have done a Friday night um, or even a Sunday, but yeah. it was it was fun, um, and I got to see a little bit of the team, with a lot of new faces this year. So it was really beneficial for me to see that. And when we do kind of an official or uh, we're get more into basketball season. That definitely helps. Oh yeah, absolutely. And let me ask you this: uh, When you went, do you think it was reminiscent of the the Bobby Petrino uh, spring game? You know, when he when he first got here, and it was just, you know, there was a ridiculous amount of fans going and watching. Was it like, was it like that with with uh, Musselman? Do you think there was that type of energy and atmosphere there for? for having a new basketball coach, or do you think it was, you know, on par with some of the other ones you've been to recently? Oh, no, I mean, it was a it was a really good crowd, but don't know if that's because people were getting to see a basketball game in Barnhill for the first time in many years, or, um, you know, a lot of are getting to see the new basketball team, new basketball coach. It'll be interesting to see some of the exhibition games, and obviously the first, uh, you know, we start the season with five straight home games. So, um, man, if y'all caught the thunder in the background in the last couple of minutes, I 
I thought somebody was moving around upstairs at the house, but it was uh, kind of had off and off storms today. So ah. your big gust of rain kind of, uh, but they're coming through. Was, the rain's coming through. Yeah. Uh, so, but we opened the season up with, you know, five straight home games. So that'll be really interesting to see kind of what the crowds are like um, for this kind of new, new era of basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what what did you think about the players? Did anybody stand out to you? Was there anything like that was, you know, what can, what can you tell us about, about the players and what you saw with the players? I think some of the big things is first off, the team's going to start with Isaiah Joe. We know what he did last year, breaking records as a freshman three point shooter, not only for Arkansas, but for the SEC. Um, he showed his shooting touch. Um, you can tell he definitely went through an off season, a little bit bulkier as a sophomore, um, not right out of high school. His shooting's going to be there. He made some really crisp, nice passes. Um, Jimmy Witt, a guy that played as a freshman for Arkansas, transferred after that, went to SMU and came back this year. Uh-huh. He's a six, six, five, six, six point guard. So a really, uh, you know, he made a lot of plays. He's the guy that we kind of ran some plays for isolation for him. He can rebound at that guard spot. We're going to be a shorter team this year, so it's going to really help if the guards rebound. Um, so a lot of the offense is going to be run through him. Um, Jalen Harris back from last year, speedy point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, big, Some big moments from Connor Vanover, the 7-3 transfer, originally from Little Rock, transfer from California. He's what, probably going to be ineligible his, this year. What's his weight? I don't know. He's a pretty skinny guy, but is he? <laughs> but seven foot three, it's hard. Kind of, he needs to put on some pounds. But you just got to wonder. I'm like, is that like, are we looking at a Shaq type? Or are we looking? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a huge. That's a no. Huge he's dude. he's definitely more of kind of the new new school. Can really shoot the ball. Um, obviously, it's easy for him to dunk, go up and dunk the ball. But he's able to move. He doesn't just stand there in the post and block the lane up. Okay. He's really, really. Uh, able to kind of move around and the the pace and space uh, kind of offense for Musselman's Musselman um, he could he sets a lot of good screens at the top he'll he with that three-point shooting ability um, he had a couple in the first quarter right off the bat to start the game he can kind of pick and pop from the screens he can pick and roll obviously and flare out for wide open or threes over to shorter opponents mm-hmm. um, and then he's a uh, you know uh, rim protector on defense as well, but um, also Reggie Cheney. You know, we both really liked him last year. Oh, yeah, He's going to be a big part. He had a big game. Um, he had about 15, or 16, 18 points, quite a few rebounds. Uh, nice. Had some nice, displayed some nice post moves. Displayed a jump or about fifteen foot jumper. It looked good. That he's kind of looked like he may have added to his game in the off season. So there's some, you know, among some other other players that uh, look good that's awesome that's awesome so i'm excited i, I mean that's that's a, that's an exciting uh, uh workup you did for us there and, and we are looking good what would you say the speed of the game is compared to you know the fastest 40 that we're that we're moving away from are we are we still looking at a fast game are we looking at a team that's going to slow it down a little bit like what what are we looking at as far as the pace of the game to me, they're trying – they want to have uh, – uh, the more possessions, the better is the goal of kind of his pace and space. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to 
it seems after a made basket, they don't they don't rush as much to the opposite end of the floor for offense. But off of off of a rebound, and this is having Jimmy with the grad transfer senior, um, who's really experienced. He takes the rebound, especially when he gets a rebound or a guy outlets it to him. He's uh-huh. pushing it down right after a rebound. So that's nice, nice. to see. But nice. um hopefully, hopefully with it, hopefully we'll see some benefits of a uh some better half court offense. Um but it's going to be different to see with a kind of a shorter team. Yeah. Um, but we saw kind of like at the end of last year, you know, the one of the best games of the year was against Providence when it was that lineup without Gafford. Mm-hmm. You know, they really moved without the ball because nobody was sticking down in the paint. So. Exactly. Exactly. It seemed like we we had a lot more energy that game, and that we were, uh, like you said, uh, moving uh, a lot more and playing a lot. Not really a faster paced game up and down, but a faster paced game under the basket, you know. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's really cool, man. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with uh, like the pressing and stuff like that? How, what about defensively? Are we going to we going to be seeing a lot of pressing? Are we going to be seeing a lot of that type of uh, that type of stuff from this team? Did you see anything like that in a red white game? There's no pressing, but they usually don't really yeah. show press a lot in the in her, right. uh, inter-squad scrimmage. But I don't I don't imagine him to press as much and trap as much, especially with Anderson. Um, he's one of the kind of the, the leaders as far as coaching and systems and styles of basketball, and especially in the college game, that does a lot of pressing and trapping. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you'll see that as much, but okay. it's kind of, um, kind of yet to be seen. But I do think he's going to play a lot of man. Um as well, I mean Anderson did that too, but I think it'll be probably probably a lot more half court man. But mm-hmm. uh, that's that's my that's my prediction. But okay, kind of see here in a couple. Uh, actually, next weekend they got an exhibition game, so I guess well it won't be on TV or anything. So <laughs> guess what the you know it's all longer listen to it. I said it last year. I say it again this year. If you can get the hockey team on YouTube, why can't you get the the red white game? for basketball on YouTube so we can watch it, you know, and we don't have to go down there to it for the out-of-state fans like myself uh, and these little exhibition games, too. Yeah, I remember last year, somebody, remember somebody went up last year and recorded it, some of it, and we, we was able to watch it. So, uh, you know, if you got your iPhone, I'd like to watch some. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, a big shout-out to any fan that does that. Um yeah, I, don't, I just don't see, especially the capabilities of Bud Walton Arena being the, at Bud Walton Arena. Why there can't be just a single camera mm-hmm. from up top or a, a really big view, just a view of the whole court. You don't have to have an announcer. You can just have the the sound from the audience. Don't have any sound, whatever. Yeah, um, and just show this, just show the game being played. And if you wanted to cheap out, I mean, what would you do? Go over to the the media department there at uh, U of A and say, hey. We would like uh, one students to, to call the game, you know. Can we get an uh, announcer and a color analyst? I bet you two kids would jump up and do that in a heartbeat and put it on their resume. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. How do you not just have, like, hey, somebody from, uh, you know, a student that's working in TV and radio, like, wow, I can I can do that. I can call the game. I can. Yeah. I, uh, I got a crew myself of fellow students with cameras and, you know, a production team, like let them see, get some experience and also reward the fans That's for, right. um, for being Razorback fans. 
for and I know they got all the equipment. I know they got everything they need in the media department over there. They got every single thing they need in the in the uh, the what is it the College of uh, uh, I can't remember if it's it's not the College of Media, but you know what I'm talking about. You yeah, know what oh I'm yeah. About. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a whole a whole film setup. You know, whole film crew, like communications and kind of yeah. communications department, audiovisual, and any kind of thing like. Yeah, they got all that so. stuff over there. So. It's a, it's just a shame they don't utilize it and put the game out to us. I think it would be a great improvement for them to do that. I said it last year. I'm saying it again this year. You know, it's it's really silly that they don't do it. But it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to be surprised come that game and be like, oh, it's on. I mean, it wasn't even on the radio. Maybe I don't know the remember the last time. Maybe maybe it's been a long time, but it seemed. <laughs> Seem to remember that they even had the radio broadcast for the exhibitions games. I remember listening to back in the day when we were playing EA Sports All Stars when you could play like professional professional teams as your exhibition game. That was being broadcast on the radio. But oh, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm just I think it would be at least on the radio for sure. That's 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 silly. I guess I gotta, gotta have to count my blessings that I at least give you a play by play game cast tracker. You don't have no idea. You just see what what happens in a computerized <laughs> kind of way. You know, not not exactly. I guess I'll have to use my imagination, which is fine. But that, that's the radio. I use my imagination enough, and yeah. somebody like Chuck Barrett, who's calling it, oh, you, you know, don't does have a to. good so enough a job. But yeah, that, you know, it's just he helps helps lively kind of stoke the fire of the imagination at least. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Tim, I appreciate you going to the red-white game. I appreciate you taking all those notes and coming back with all that helpful information. That really helps us understand where we're at as far as basketball goes, what we're going to see as far as basketball goes. And I don't know about all the other fans out there, but it fired me up. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it kind of shows you, man, it's right here. Basketball season, as soon as it October hit, I mean, a couple of days later, you got a red-white game, and mm-hmm. once fall hits temperatures get a little chilly it's almost basketball season one of the best times when both sport or well not both just both sports but you got football basketball for us hockey and uh, even some other sports for those three coming kind of at the same time oh yeah it's it's true it's exciting time well i'll tell you what though, i was able to read a little bit about it and watch some of the videos and stuff like that and, and listen to muscleman's post conference and all but did he wear that t-shirt at the game like was that his was that his outfit the t-shirt yeah they're doing a throwback night and i guess that's a i don't ever remember any of the the old coaches wearing t-shirts but i guess that's just me yeah he does his own thing i don't think he's going to do that during a during an actual game but i don't know he ripped his shirt off in a game didn't he one time and throw it around yeah you never know but i think he probably took off his uh uh, coach's polo that whatever he's wearing, but he's a different guy, man. He's a he's a he's been a coach his whole life, coach's son. He's but he tries to do things a little different, and that's that's from the get go. You've already seen it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So well, I guess I guess that's the thing. You know, I I don't know how I feel about it. I, I'm honestly uh, kind of on the fence there with the whole t-shirt ordeal and all that kind of good stuff and and some of those types of things. But if he can win, that's what really matters. And uh, I can overlook all that. Yeah, that's what's always comes down to. I mean, 
definitely got to win. He he should know anybody coming in this job should have been told, and he should know the the pressure even of this first year. I think um, of having a solid year. Um, eh, you never know. He's got to know. You would think. Well, that's what I mean. Your chick said that you got to compete for championships, well, no matter every sport, year. Tim. Yeah. Or the coach, but you know, not football, you don't football. have to. But. <laughs> Good lord, yeah, we're gonna. He would instead of sending that tweet out about the sun rising after a fifty-point loss to North Texas at home, we ain't got last no year, goals. He would have fired. He would have fired. No <laughs> That's a different animal. It's you know, it's football. It's football. Man, you just gotta let him go at football. Man, you gotta just let him get out there and have fun. You're gonna win some. You're gonna lose most of them. <laughs> Even though the SEC basketball right now has. Some of the best coaches um, in the country as far as the conference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Got to compete for the national championship every year. Every year. Every single year. Well, Tim, I think that was awesome. I really appreciate it. I think we'll jump to a uh, quick commercial break here, and then we'll get back to uh, Kentucky for you guys. to the Hog Call Podcast. And I'll tell you what, now we're taking a look at Kentucky, and uh, like I said, I thought this was going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, we got a hurt quarterback, we might be putting a wide receiver in, you know, it's gonna, we're going to be able to go out there, and, and when I say we, I'm talking about Kentucky, we might be able to go out there and, you know, pull a little rabbit out of the hat and get us a big old W. And then I start looking at ESPN, Tim. It mm-hmm. says that we got a 19% chance to win this game. What are we playing? Alabama here? Right, why yeah. do they have an 80.2% chance to win the game? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I get they uh, might be the favorites, and I, I'm not going to argue with them. Uh, we haven't won an SEC game in quite a long time. But to be uh, that big of a favorite, maybe is that hopefully that's after, I guess, their uh, second string starter Sawyer Smith, second string backup is is possible. He's got a big chance or a good chance to play this weekend. Um, I was hoping it was going to be the the wide receiver starting a QB, but uh, maybe that maybe that sent it up a little bit. But he's not the world beater. I mean, he's a second string guy. Yeah, the coach is like, oh well, you know, we're going to try to get him out there. He's uh, you know had some time to heal from these injuries and this that and other. He's kind of been beat up and blah blah blah. He's playing, all right. You don't they don't want to say it because they're not trying to show their cards, but he's playing. So listen to this, and you tell me why are they an eighty percent chance to win this game? I just don't get it. We got Nick Starkle, all right, eighty-one passes for hundred out of hundred thirty-one. Uh, 1,019 yards, seven touchdowns, and albeit seven interceptions is a lot. Okay, I gotta say, that's ridiculous. But then you got Smith with 54 completions, 117 passes, 665 yards, four touchdowns, and five interceptions. I mean, it's a whole lot worse to only have four touchdowns and five interceptions. Yeah, that's not that's not near as well. Yeah, it's good to have Starkles back health, and he's also got for the first time this year. Everybody, this this group of uh, these guys are all healthy at the same time for the same game. Boyd, O'Grady, O'Grady, uh, mm-hmm. Knox, Mike Woods, and Burks all at the same time. At least one of them's been out um, for at, 
for each game, this is the first time that he's had that full stable, all those guys healthy at the same time to be on the field at the same or at the same time. So, and I know somebody out there is going, well, you know, Starkle played more than Smith or whatever. Well, it, both of them were not the starters at the beginning of the year. Both of them came in late. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. it's not like. You know, when you look at those numbers, it's not like that. And both of them were knocked out of a game, right? So it's like, right. I don't know. The word quarterback-wise, we should definitely, you know, have the advantage there. That should yeah, definitely we should be an advantage over Kentucky. And then you go to Boyd, where you got 91 carries, 483 yards for three touchdowns versus Ross, 66 carries for 330 yards and two touchdowns again we got the advantage yeah definitely got the advantage at running back uh, uh, boyd's a beast um he's 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 played all five games he's been healthy all year he's got a uh, had a bye week to get fresh again i think he's supposed for a big game and that's um, but yeah we definitely got the advantage in that yeah for sure you know, and uh yeah and then you got woods with 21 receptions, 301 yards, and two touchdowns, and then to to Brown Jr., who has 30 receptions, 348 yards, one touchdown. So that's almost like a split. Like they got more yards, their their leader has more yards, but not as many touchdowns. So yeah, they don't really they 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 say they try to be balanced, but um, look like they're passing trying to. We're trying to pass it a little bit more this year, which is really surprising. They did lose Benny Snell Jr. to the um, Kentucky's all-time leader running back to the NFL last year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, they lost their starting quarterback, Terry Wilson, yeah. uh, to injury earlier this year. So this is not the 10-win ten, uh, ten Kentucky team of last year. That was their best year since 1971. Kentucky, no, this is back to old Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this Kentucky team is not the uh, the absolute best. Kentucky team. I think, and I don't think ESPN when they when they had that formula, the the biggest thing that scares me, Chad, mm-hmm. as far as us having a chance to, or as far as Kentucky beating us, is that they're that they're honoring Jared Lorenz in that game. That's the one thing that's the most. It's like, well, that's going to be an emotional, an emotional oh, yeah. game, you know. That they're can gonna, go one of two ways. They're going to bring it. I mean, it's either going to be emotional and they're going to come out fired up, excited to play, or they're going to use up all of their, you know emotion and energy on that and not be ready to play. I mean, you've seen that go both mm-hmm. ways sure. in the past with, with Good many point. teams. Good point. So, you know, we'll just have to see how they handle that. Uh, but, yeah, and, and Jared Lorenz, awesome quarterback. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed watching him play, I'll be honest. And, you know, it's just really sad that he had to, you know, leave, the, leave us as early as he did. And, uh, you know, anyway, hats off to, to Jared. He gave us a lot of memories. Yeah, hats off to the old hefty lefty. That uh, the seven overtime game. Seven Matt Jones versus something, Matt Jones versus him was something else. I'm glad we came away with the W. But yeah, then I, I yeah, like, I saw six Arkansas to come away with the W. Just puts the icing on the cake on that game. But if you go back and watch that game, it's a quarterback battle. Yeah, both were making plays. That's why you didn't think it was – I mean, that's the only reason I went into seven overtime because the quarterbacks oh, yeah. were just every every overtime. I mean, just – Every single time. I mean, that's those things aren't played all the time like that. We kept doing it when Matt Jones was just – man. 
when so, he was on like that, it was it was over. Exactly. So we're two and three. They're two and three. Uh, nobody's had a SEC win yet. Either one of us. Uh, points per game. We're at twenty eight point six points per game to their twenty three point four points per game. So we got the edge there. Um, points allowed though. We're at twenty eight. They're at twenty four point four. So they're doing better with points allowed uh, than we are. So you know, maybe maybe they'll hold us to to twenty four or something. We'll have to see. Um, then uh, you got uh, total yards, uh, 431.6 total yards to their 377.6 total yards. So, we, again, we got the edge. Uh, passing yards, 2,809. Or, I'm sorry, 289.8 to 212.8. Like, again, we got the edge. Uh, rushing, they got the edge on us, 141 to 146. So 164. Um, so they do got the edge there, but that's one category. Like all this stuff we've talked about, they got the clear edge in one category. Uh, passing yards allowed. Uh, we've allowed uh, 251.8. They've allowed 224.6 uh, passing yards. So, you know, you can see there that they, they got us on that. We've allowed more passing yards than they have. And then rushing yards. We've allowed 144.4, and they've allowed 171.2 rushing yards. The thing about that is, is it's like, okay, well, if we run the ball, we have a great opportunity to win this game. But will we run the ball, or will we just force the pass? Yeah, that's the thing, especially on a kind of going to be a chilly night there. Uh, they need to go to Boyd. It's mm-hmm. first like the last time we lost that game, a big, a big chunk because they didn't, they didn't. They only ran Boyd 18 times. Forgot all about him in the last two minutes of the damn ball game. Run the ball. Exactly. Yeah, it's got to got to got to run it and uh, kind of help help ease Starkle into maybe he won't make huge mistakes and have another big four interception, five interception game. Man. Well, hopefully we can uh, either score more than 31 points or keep them below. 31 points <laughs> if we can do that it seems like we probably got the win uh our losses of course is texas a&m 31 27 san jose state can't believe i'm even saying that 31 24 old miss 31 17 our wins uh colorado state 55 to 34 if you can beat colorado state 55 to 34 you should never lose to san jose state uh, Portland State, we beat 20 to 13, which is ridiculous. So you should honestly beat them by a lot more than that. But if we go over here with Kentucky, there's something that scares me. And here, here's what it is their wins was uh, to EMU. I don't even know what school that is. Uh, 38 to 17. Uh, Toledo, 38 24. Toledo's not a horrible, horrible program either. Their losses, South Carolina, 24-7. Mississippi State, 28-13. Florida, 29-21. They're actually holding the teams to a pretty low number as far as like scoring goes uh, in these losses. These are SEC schools, and I watched the Florida game because that was the game I scouted. 
and I'm going to tell you what, and I watched the Mississippi State game too, but I'll tell you what, that Florida game, they really only lost that by, like, like, like by a point, man. They, like, that last touchdown was a trash, trash touchdown by Florida. Yeah, I mean, at home, they really put up a hell of an effort. But, um, hopefully, that's not what the team we're walking into. Hopefully, we're facing the team that got beat 24-7 to to South Carolina, who's not that great of a team this season. But still, they're only letting South Carolina put up 24, right? Yeah, so. it's going to be. A, I mean, and, and we've had a problem all year of, of driving the ball and not putting it in the end zone. So, what are we going to do? If we're, mm. we're going to drive on them and just come up with no points, or we're going to at least get – If we don't get our defensive touchdown, all right, t- yeah. take our defensive <laughs> touchdown away from all these games. And then we don't, we're not looking – we're not sitting so pretty, you know. The scoring is not sitting so pretty. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they do. They, I mean, like you said, Smith with the interceptions, um, they're minus on the year in turnover margin. And uh, so the, that's not very good. So we got a good chance. Uh, they've lost 10 turnovers on the year. And actually, even with that five interception game, we've only lost seven. Or, well, we've lost nine, but seventh in the SEC. We're in the wrong column. But, um, uh, and they also, another, they're last in the SEC in opponents' third down conversion. So we have got to take advantage of them giving up first downs on a third down. We've got to continue drives on third downs when we can do that. I mean, they almost give up fifty percent of third down conversions. Yeah. Well, we should and that's be able to take that's to ours, giving up thirty six percent. We're twelfth in the SEC, so not much better, but still almost ten points higher. So, so for whatever the reason they have us predicted to barely win this game, I mean, I guess I don't know. I guess I always give us just too much credit. I guess that's the problem. I guess I should just. Have, it's probably. I mean, it's got to be coaching. That's the only reason you would make that stat that you make up there, right? Right. Like, well, you've got, you've got a, uh, uh, Mark Stoops is, his, his a uh, coaching. What he's he's thirty eight and forty two, but at, uh, at a uh, Kentucky, and that sounds, that sounds amazing, you know, for Kentucky football. And then he, he got Morris. A coach at Florida State too. Yeah, it looks terrible at uh he's Morris. You got Morris on the other side, eighteen and thirty-five records. So that's could be probably until we win an SEC game under Morris until he wins a Power Five game. I mean, is it really that hard to hard to, to argue with somebody? Uh, oh yeah, disfavoring us, you know, putting us at the at, at, as an under underdog, even though uh, you're telling me earlier we're seven point underdogs, which is you know a touchdown. That's yeah. not really. Uh, not really too that that sounds not as equal or doesn't sound equal to the 18 percent chance of winning that the fbi has yeah yeah that's what i saw in my bookie and if you're gambling promo code hog call double your bet and you put in a hundred you got 200 to bet with you put in a thousand you got two thousand to bet with if you use promo code hog call they're going to match whatever you put in so if you're gambling go ahead and use that promo code hog call and uh, yeah, that's what uh, my bookie said. They got us at. Uh, they're giving us uh, giving Kentucky are giving us seven points against Kentucky. So got uh, got Kentucky at negative seven points. So I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, the money line's basically fifty fifty. Um, so I don't know. It's it's ridiculous when you look at those numbers. 
honestly. It's weird that we, you know, are not favored, or at least not a 50-50 chance to win this game. Mm -hmm. And and that can only go back to coaching. It can only go, it's only, that could be the only factor that you can look at and you see all these numbers that says Arkansas is probably going to win this game. It has to go back that the, that uh, ESPN and the uh, Vegas is saying it's coaching. They're saying Arkansas is coaching good enough to win this game. Yeah, it's going to come down to that big time. What are we going to do on the road? How are we going to come together as a team? How's the coaching? How are they going to probably pretty good crowd in Lexington? How are we going to uh, combat that? Are they going to, are we keeping Chavis in the box? Or, I mean, we've only went to, you know, a sparse, spur, the lackluster opponents crowd at Ole Miss. And then, you know, a and M is pretty much a neutral site. So how are we going to do in that environment? How are the coaches going to um, under that pressure? When, a, when this is one of the best chances for an SEC win the rest of the year. This is a huge game for us. Oh, yeah. This is a must win. we got to win this game. If we don't win this game, we're definitely not going to a bowl game. I mean, I hate to be this way, but I'm a fan. I'm a homer. I want to see Arkansas go to the bowl game. If we win this game, we still got opportunity. we still got opportunity to make a bowl game this year. And, and I, you know, anything less than a bowl game is an unsuccessful year for this coach. He has to go in and get this win. I don't care who they're memorializing. I don't care what's going on. All the numbers are in our favor. He has to go in and win this game. He has to show us that he can coach a football game and win it. Yeah, it's time to shut the damn door on the club moral victory uh, for those guys. They've still been talking about when I've seen quotes, or uh, Morris has, not necessarily Mm -hmm. uh, the players, but... Morse has still been kind of hanging his hat on losing that ball game to A&M. It's time to shut that damn door, come out and win an SEC game. Come yeah. out and win a game and show we got progress. Let he the players have lost that game. Yeah. He shouldn't have lost that a... game. You shouldn't be talking about how good that it was that you barely lost. No, you shouldn't have lost it. It's ridiculous that you lost. You should be ashamed of yourself. I pointed out five different drives that you could have corrected either one of those and won it. You corrected three of them and won it handedly. It was That's one of the big things things about this game. This is a winnable game. This isn't when we go on the road at Alabama in a couple weeks. It's and not you, like that. Anybody wants to know why we lost that game and you didn't listen to the last podcast, go listen to it. Well, we broke it down. I told you. I pointed out the exact drives, exactly what was going on, right? Like, Oh, yeah. That's exactly what happened. So, it, it was a loss. It was a coaching loss again. Anyway, I don't want to get too far into that because I can really get <laughs> dig down into that rabbit hole. But here's something interesting, right? Kentucky's mm-hmm. defense, they got two monsters that they rotate in and out at nose guard. They got uh, Quentin Bahana, 6'4", 361 pounds, and Marquand McCall, 6'3", 371 pounds. Uh, we got to you got to run through those cats. Yeah, it's a And they keep that's, them that's, fresh by rotating them. Yeah, for sure. That's that's going to be one of the big matchups. Um the offensive line against that defensive. Um that's definitely the strong point. Stoops is a, def- a defensive coach. Always mm-hmm. has solid defenses. Um but those guys, I mean, 260, 270 and then having backups where they come in and 
and really the situations that they really, you know, they really need them and, you know, stay pretty fresh. Yeah. And the um, good news is they did lose Josh Allen, that NFL draft pick they had last year on defense, which was their sack leader. So they're not going to have the same, you know, defense they had last year with that team, but goodness, it's still, it's still a couple monsters we got to contend with. Yeah. He, Cause he's a guy that had, I mean, he was uh, first team all American, 17 sacks from the linebacker position. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so they definitely don't have that. They do have some, uh, John Pascal and Jamar Boogie Watson, that linebacker. <laughs> but those, those guys are, I, I like that, uh, I like that name, Boogie. but, uh, but the, um, that defense line. Yeah. When you saw that, um, um, yeah, that defensive line is going to, it's going to be one that we are going to have to manhandle or they're going to manhandle us. And I think that's the biggest thing about that defensive line is, is they're, they're monsters and they're coming out there to, to manhandle you and you have to manhandle them. We got to take, be aggressive against them, especially with the, small offensive line that we have this can quickly go south with these big monster defensive cats they got yeah, on that line it, and you got seven returning letter winners from that defensive line itself they've got a lot of experience and like you said they rotate them in and out mm-hmm. um but uh they are missing senior tackle phil hoskins but that's they still got plenty of depth um plenty. Plenty. like the, the mccall or Mark Quan McCall, Cordell Looney, and Abdul Abad Fitzgerald are kind of guys that will come in and make some plays. And then linebacker, you got that uh, Kosh Daniel who was just tearing it up in that Florida game. I mean, he was he was all over the field. He was everywhere. He was he playing Mike back, but he was all over, man. He was like when the ball was moving down the field, he was there. So that was he. He's a pretty impressive player. Yeah, and he had 75 tackles last year, seven and a half tackles for a loss, and he played um, like most of last season with a, le- a broken left hand. So he's he's a, a he's that senior. He's a lot of experience. He does quite a few things: interceptions, fumbles, uh, quarterback curries, a couple pass breakups. So he's he's really good um, solidifier kind of uh, that linebacker crew. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, you gotta, you know, they got, uh, they got, they got pretty good linebackers. They, they, their linebackers are a younger crew of linebackers, but still at the same time, you know, you gotta be able to, uh, that, that, you know, you gotta be able to stop them. You know, you gotta get, if you can get through that line, if you got a second, you know, you, they got a second line of defense that you gotta work on. And then their cornerbacks and their secondary really isn't bad either. Their safeties are pretty good and their corners are pretty good this year. I was you know, when I watched the Florida game, Florida was trying to throw it deep on them, and they were doing a good job of, of just taking away the deep ball. Yeah, it's kind of surprising because they had to replace five defensive backs from last year's squad. But again, uh, they have they have defensive or defensive position coaches that's been there. Um, and had a pretty good experience coaching and playing. Um, kind of just stoops as that defensive coach sets the tone and kind of, you know, that's their big focus of the team. I mean, um, oh yeah, yeah, and that's even losing the and, guy. Uh, yeah, Stoops being a, you know, being a 
a defensive guy that he is, it's 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 a tough, you know, it's a tough matchup always going against his teams. But then when he's got, you know, teams that have such talent, you know, that's when it gets really difficult, you know. Oh yeah, um, yeah, they've got some pretty good guys. So um, Jordan Griffin at safety, mm-hmm. um, he's played. 37 games, so he's a lot of experience. Um, Tyrell Ajin, he's got 10 tackles. Got his first career interception against Florida. Free safety, Yusuf Corker. He's got some experience. All Brandon these, Eccles. Yeah. All these cats are six foot tall, by the way. Every single one of them. I'm not going to say we're going to go out there and take advantage of these short guys again. Oh, wow. 5'11", 5'11", 6 foot. Mm-hmm. 6 foot, wow. I messed up when I said that against San Jose State and made all those yeah. short guy jokes and stuff. Yeah, I was like, oh, I mean, we got Trey Knox, 6'5", Burke, 6'3", uh, Wood, 6'1", O'Grady, 6'4". So should have the advantage there, but like you said, <laughs> lesson learned from that one, at least until we prove differently. Golly, exactly. Oh, man. They do play a nickel back, too, so... You know, you'll see that. So you'll see the mic back, the weak side, the strong side, and the nickel. And they do with their kind of um, – they listen to. They, he can either stand them up or um, get down in a stance, but the defensive line slash outside linebacker position. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's, you know, switches from – well, yeah. they use that – yeah, they use that nickel back quite a bit. So yeah, it's kind of a three three five, or, or, you know, can be. And sometimes they'll put him on the line and then drop him back in the coverage too. Yeah, you know, so you'll yeah, think he's on the line, but he drops right back in the coverage. So it's a real sneaky position. Yeah, that's a, a Josh Pascal. He's pretty good. 6'3", 284, but he's a, that's a big old boy playing that position too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing stands out as much as the 6'9", 300, and 6'4", 361, 6'3", 371. My gosh. Goodness. Yeah. You'd think the 6'9", Taylor would be as big as those guys, but. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a load. That's what you would think. So, hopefully, we have some creative ways to, uh, you know, get some plays to the off tackle and off the edge instead of running it right up, right through those guys every trying to run through those guys every play. Yeah, no, I hope so. When we look at the uh, offense and we look at like like <clears throat> look at them on paper here, you can see. You know, like their left tackle, 6'7", 321 pounds, uh, young. Uh, left guard, Steinberg, 6'6", 320 pounds. Both juniors. Uh, center, uh, Jackson, 6'2", 312 pounds, junior. Uh, right guard, Frontier, 6'6", 305 pounds, uh, junior. Right tackle, uh, Kennard, 6'5", 325 pounds, senior. So only having the one senior on the offensive line, everybody else being juniors, you know, they do have experience, um, but maybe not as much as as probably they would like. But still, you're not going up against, like, freshmen or anything like that. You're going up against guys that have been in the weight room for at least three years and are, you know, playing at a really high level of football, especially in the SEC. 
Yeah, I mean, they have three returning starters. They got center, like Jackson, guard, Stenberg, and left tackle, Young. Uh, those guys uh, are were uh, a decently big part in helping Benny Snell Jr. have the first player in school history have three, three straight 1,000-yard uh, rushing yard season in three consecutive seasons. Mm. So they got some experience. Not every position's like that. And they're not all seniors, and they're not, they're not all NFL-quality talent, but – they do have some experience. Well, these juniors, too, are beating out seniors because you got Nassar Watkins, 6'5", 32-pound left tackle senior that's getting beat out there. Uh, you got, uh, oh, who was it, Mason Wolf, 6'6", 323-pound senior getting beat out there. Uh, and then uh, Nassar Watkins, 6'5", 302-pound senior not really getting beat out by a junior because they got another senior in that spot. But at the same time, if they need to rotate in, they got plenty of talent that's been there for a long time to rotate in. They have the depth to extend a game and to be able to keep their guys fresh. More depth than we got. Yeah, for sure. Especially if they have a hobbled starting quarterback or if they have to go to – uh, the, the wide receiver Bowden Jr. Mm-hmm. at quarterback. That's they're going to be relying on keeping, you know, using that offensive line um, to really, get, you know, hold a hold a lead and you know keep the defense fresh. And if they and do go that wide receiver, points. if they do go that wide receiver, he has been running a, a wildcat package mm-hmm. for them at quarterback. So obviously he could throw the ball around a little bit, and he's comfortable. Uh, you know, I, w- I don't know, maybe not the most comfortable at quarterback, but he's comfortable enough at quarterback that uh, you wouldn't want to let him get settled, you know? Yeah, he's only he's three out of four on the season. Um, he played quarterback in high school in Youngstown, Ohio, so he's got experience. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy that does everything. He got He's obviously... Um, why, would you, had- why would you take somebody who played quarterback at high school, Tim, and put him in a wildcat situation in college. Why wouldn't you take somebody that never that just been a running back the whole time and do it? Like, that seems to be the more traditional route. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Well, kind of like, I mean, not that McFadden threw a lot, but he did He did have the um, uh, kind of that threat of passing, so I guess they're looking at Belden kind of stepping back and passing. And, uh, I was trying to make, make a little joke oh. there because – Morris put in. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. I guess that wasn't. I was rocking and rolling, and I figured I was just going. Well, I'm pretty sure Chad knows this answer, but he just wanted me to wanted me to talk about it. But yes, it's not like putting a, a guy that hadn't ever played quarterback with no threat of passing the ball. Yeah. And I love Rakeem Boyd, but that was not the right move to put him at the Wild Hog, and that'd be the uh, you know putting sprinkles on the vanilla offense. Oh my gosh! What are we doing? <laughs> Sorry, man. So I, I know we've been through this. I know we've been through like this. That, but it just—it's obvious, though. It's like, oh look, here's a really good coach. Here's how a really good coach is approaching this wildcat that wants to run this wildcat, and here's how we approached it. The I just feel like I know I don't want to sit here and talk bad about the coaches the whole time, but I feel like that contrast is important. Like we pointed, point, like us pointing that out is important because it could slip by you, you know, if you're just the average fan or whatnot. I think, right? Yeah, especially a couple games. I mean, that was all Miss game. Um, so it's been several games, but just kind of knowing that's that's a constant thing. It's not a new thing. It's not last year, first year, but 
knowing how to use them. Um, I mean, Bowden get Jr. gets used as quarterback, you know, in the Wild Hawks, or he's ran the ball 13 times. Um, he he returns punts, he returns kicks, and he's still throwing. I mean, obviously, no, he's got the, the you know ability to play some quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, kind of, I don't know. Maybe I am glad Sawyer Smith is quarterback. I was like, I don't want that receiver, but more I think about it, that of course I don't really know if I want him lining out at wide receiver, wide receiver either. But so we got Sawyer Smith. He's six three, two hundred nineteen pounds. He's a junior, right? Uh, he, mm-hmm. he he didn't beat out Terry Wilson at the beginning of the year, who's six three, two hundred eight pound junior. Um, I don't know. I mean, the game I saw. Sawyer's out there throwing the ball around a little bit, and he, he didn't look bad. Uh, he did. He was staring down his receivers, and and uh, he was taking a long time to get in, into the end of his drop, and it, uh, you know. But Kentucky plays such a more conservative type of offense. They're not even. They're not really throwing the ball as much you know they don't even have as, as many opportunities but when he did he looked okay yeah he's he's uh, he can be more of a game manager in that offense they're more of a conservative i mean um they do kind of have that balancer last couple of years been one of the few teams that's had 2,000 passing yards 2,000 rushing yards but a lot of teams have 3,000 4,000 passing yards you know as, as a team in a season um, so with that kind of balance, they're really focused to almost have even number of yards rushing than as passing. Um, you know, it kind of takes the pressure off the quarterback. He didn't have to do too much. He didn't have to try to sling it down the field. But he does have five interceptions, so quite possibly maybe he does get in trouble. Maybe he wants he gets bored in that in that conservative in that conservative of offense. And, yeah. Well, it's easy to intercept them when they're staring down the ball as uh, yeah. receiver as much as he does. So. And the SEC is. We're doing the same thing. Our quarterbacks are doing the same thing. So, you know, I'm not going to knock him too much on that because we are staring our receivers down like crazy. Like we don't have a quarterback coach or something. Yeah, um, he, uh, there's one name I kept hearing in the game I was watching offensively that stood out to me, and uh, he's listed as a, a second stringer here, and that is Smoke. Smoke was making some stuff happen in the games I watched. He was he was running the dang ball. Um, he's a red shirt freshman. He's 5'9", 220 pounds. And, uh, wow, what a cool name, too, right? Yeah, Cav- Cavassier Smoke. He's had touchdown runs, 40 and 32 yards. Um, first back in U.K. history to have score runs of at least 32 yards in each of his first two games of the season. So my um, question is see this. See my three touchdowns. I'd run him How more. many games has he played? Has he played all of his four games yet? And are they yeah, going to keep trotting him out there? Or are they going to put him to the side and say, hey, you know, we don't need you in this game? Yeah, Smoke, I mean, he's got five games played. So, um, man, he averages 6.2 yards. I mean, he's the team's lead touchdown guy. But they, they really run Rose uh, quite a bit more. Yeah, that's their starting quarterback, or their I'm sorry, starting running back, uh, AJ. He's he's six one, two hundred eighteen pounds, junior. But I don't know for whatever reason the games I was watching, he was not the impressive back on the field. He was not the guy that was like, "Hey, check this guy out," you know. 
But you're saying he oh, has yeah. the numbers. Yeah, I mean, I guess he just made some big plays, but I mean, I guess the you know scoring to first couple of touchdowns, I guess that would make it Eastern Michigan and Toledo. So I'm yeah. not sure his game log from. Um, um, it's kind of like though you look at Sawyer Smith. Sorry to go back to the quarterback, but no, go ahead. Against Florida, you know, he threw for 267, two touchdowns, three interceptions. But this last two games, he was 15 out of 41, 36% against Mississippi State, no touchdown, one interception. Against South Carolina, 11 out of 32, 34%, no touchdowns, one interception. So he was really bad in those in the last two games. Good. So I kind of would rather see him play than uh, Alden Jr. back there. Yeah, I don't really want to see that guy running around all over the field on us. But back to uh, Smoke. It's quite possibly since he's had some big plays. Uh, I haven't watched enough, um, but like you said, you've seen him a lot, not getting doing very much. Those big plays are, you know, uh, of multiple yards, kind of ballooning his yards per rush average. And a lot of times he either gets a big play or he gets, you know, one or two yards or no gain or something like that. From that kind of being a little uh, a smaller you know, running back than Rose, uh, you know, five nine two twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a guy they run between the tackles, you know, over and over. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, that's a pretty good breakdown. I think we did there. To what, 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 what's going on with the special teams? Anything we need to know? Well, they got the number one punter in the nation. Oh wow! Well, but yeah, that's not that. I don't really. <laughs> I know they were they. They're at least forty nine point two six. Um, that for Max Duffy, pretty decent. That's what you're saying. Yeah, he averages 51 yards a punt, you know, compared to our Sam Loy, 38 yards a punt. But he's number one in the nation. Um, is that the Max besides, Duffy? Is that him? Yeah, Max yeah. Duffy. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's might be their. You know, they're not really in the as far as SEC, not top, except punting. So that's their strong point. I mean, how about that? That could not. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, man. That could be bad for us. Yeah. Because we have a tough time getting the ball in the end zone once we get to the twenty. So if they could keep us on the other side of the field with that punting, that's going to be their advantage. Yeah, we're. It seemed like we might get a couple first downs, but you know, thirty-five or our own thirty-five, forty-yard line. If we're starting at the five-yard or ten-yard line, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's especially for a. Uh, going to be a lot of low-scoring games when they hold their opponents to 24 points. You see that even some of the better teams um, in a kind of defensive, older-school kind of um, field position battle, they've got the advantage, and it come could come. Um, well, I'll tell you right advantage. now, they're not going to let us go out there and play the kind of hurry-up we, we want to play. Well, definitely not the kind that I want to see us play. We're supposed to. <laughs> They're going to be out there like yeah. when they played Florida, right? And Florida was hurrying the ball. They kept like, you know, fake fake injury in it and stuff. You know, people rolling around with the fake injuries and, you know, jog, jogging off to the sideline and drinking a little water, jogging right back in, that <laughs> type of thing, you know. So oh, yeah. I can see that game plan coming, you know, to try to – break us up and slow us down a little bit yeah for sure and there are other um you know they got chance porous or kick kick kicker plays kicker he's three out of seven on field goals he is perfect 14 out of 14 but for pats but he's less than he's 43 percent um 
has made it along a 40, 46, but he's missed one. He's missed a um, 27-yarder. Well, the kid's a freshman. Um, you get him out there in, in, a, in a situation. Yeah. Well, I guess they do. Mark Matt Ruffalo, not Mark. Uh, Matt Ruffalo, he's one for one. He had a 20-something yarder, but yeah, he's a guy. You know, put some pressure on him if he's back there trying to kick a kick a field goal. So yeah, maybe we can keep maybe we can keep them from uh, making their field goals. That'd be wonderful. And he missed a big one against Florida because I know I do seeing that name. It's like ah yeah, I definitely um, kind of after our game the fourth quarter of that because I thought Kentucky was going to win that. And uh, they did have a chance and missed a um, what was that? Oh, missed the missed a thirty-five yard field goal to put them ahead in that game in the fourth quarter. And I remember the next day, everybody's like, "Oh, what a name to have a missed late field goal chance poor, you know, poor chance." Goodness gracious! And anybody that doesn't know, these guys were on a bye week, and we were on a bye week. So, I mean, this is a really equal matchup. I really wish we were catching them after they played Alabama or Georgia or something like that, you know. Oh, yeah. We've been uh, off a of bye week. Doesn't really help. Uh, so they're they're pretty fresh themselves and they've just stayed at home and we've got to travel, but uh, I guess it's a you know pretty big game for them, but I, I think th- it's I think bigger for us. It's probably going to be and this is just so you know, when you're watching the game, it's going to be, they said, one of the largest attendants that uh, they've had in a while. And that's because of the you know Memorial game or whatnot. So we're going to be playing against a really big crowd, too. It's not just going to be your average Kentucky crowd. So that doesn't go in our favor. Yeah, even this close to... Uh, getting closer to basketball season. Um, they're still going to, I mean, well, they're still, you know, they're not, basketball teammate playing that night, so they got to do something. And they're, you know, a decent, or for them, a decent program. You know, the Kentucky program to root for. So, and everybody loved the hefty lefty on, for or Kentucky fans at least. So, uh, they'll, at least maybe the players won't be so emotional, you know, to play, but the, the, the crowd will be uh, feeling pretty good drinking their bourbon. Wouldn't you like to have Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina in your division? Yeah. How has how has Florida had terrible seasons? How have they had like four win seasons recently with some of these coaches they've hired? How do they how have they had that in that division? God. I mean, even like Georgia, but they haven't even been decent in there, but they've also had just average years. That's usually their only competition, especially in the last twenty 15, 20 years. And what's the deal with not playing Kentucky since 2012? I mean... You're right. So we've played Kentucky, what, seven times? Yeah. They're four and three against... Four and three against us. So they hold the lead. If we win, we can even this up. And that should be a big deal right there. There ain't no way Kentucky should be leading us in the series. No. Absolutely not. Yeah, we've got to tie this one up and beat them the next time. I'm not sure the next time we play them again, but come on now. 
Now, what do we should have a losing record to Kentucky football? I'm just it's embarrassing. I'm just going to say it. it's going to be embarrassing if we. Well, Nobody yeah. better take any damn moral victories. I don't care if we lose by one point in the last play of the game again. It's going to be embarrassing if we lose to freaking Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. And anybody that wasn't embarrassed about the loss to Texas A&M, shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> it's A&M. Come on. This is a team that we used to just they were a whipping boy in the Southwest Conference. They've beat us the last, what, eight years, and we still have a 10-game lead on them in the all-time series. <laughs> so, and what, if we don't we start winning, we're going to mess that up. Yeah, if we keep Morris for a long time or don't have the right coach in place, yeah, it's not going to be, not going to remain pretty. So, uh, apparently they're not last in their division. They're ahead of Vanderbilt. Um, oh, neither boy. one of them is one of Dragon rights. Neither one of them has won a conference game. Uh, but Kentucky has won their non-conference games. And uh, Vanderbilt's lost one. So, here's the thing. We should win all of our non-conference games. And I know you guys are like, oh, Chad, you're always saying that. But we should. We should win every one of our non-conference games. And to have not won our non-conference games is very, very frustrating. Um, Especially these last two years when it's been the the uh, non-conference schedule we've had. Exactly. I mean, next year you got you start the season off with Nevada at Notre Dame. Charleston Southern should be a win and you got you, uh, Louisiana Monroe and we know how that's turned out before. So, let me start. I mean, this is ridiculous. We didn't go four and zero the last two years, and I mean, I don't know many coaches that could could really screw that up as bad as we have. So, this is our middle of the road game. This game right here is the middle of the season. If we Mm -hmm. win this game, we got the whole second half of the season to look forward to. Um, I think if we win this game, I think that we have a shot at beating Mississippi State, maybe. I think it maybe gives us confidence. We maybe feel like we can win an SEC game. Uh, I think we can beat Mississippi State. I think we can beat Western Kentucky if we can win this game. If we don't win this game, I don't know if we can beat a Mississippi State team that we should be able to beat this year. Uh, Just because of where we will be as far as our our morale goes. You want to talk about moral victories and all this? Well, just our our morale as a team is going to be very low if we don't win this game. And also, when you you talk about the number 12 Auburn – uh, team pissed off about losing to uh, Florida, coming off a of bye week themselves, um, getting rested and getting some guys off the injury list. Then you got to play at number one Alabama the week after that. I mean, you're looking at if you lose Kentucky, you're looking at two and six, then playing home Mississippi State. I mean, how high and mighty are we going to be feeling? Uh, 
for that and confident. Mm-hmm. I mean, beat up after playing Alabama and Auburn back to back weekends. I mean, you should you should be able to beat Kentucky, and then even if you lose the next two Auburn Alabama, then you should still be saying we can still beat Mississippi State at home, Western Kentucky at home back to back weeks before our bye week. You know, and have a shot. Lost to LSU, but then beat Missouri and and the Rock. And be at and be at the six sixteen five and six with that game against Missouri in Little Rock at War Memorial. I think we can win that game. Put us to a bowl game. I do too. I do. But it's got to it's come down like we even talked about the last podcast, Chad. It's comes down to winning this game in Kentucky. We got to win it. This is this is this game is going to. Make or I can't believe I'm saying this, but this game is going to make or break our season. If we would have beat Ole Miss, if we would have beat San Jose State, and taken this loss to A and M barely, we'd be in a totally different position right now. We'd be in a position where we could drop a game to Kentucky and slip up. It'd still be livid. It wouldn't be okay. But we'd be in a situation where that's something that could happen. And we would still have a chance to beat Mississippi State and Missouri. All right? And Western Kentucky, right? And have a good year, right? But at this point, we have to win this game. This is a must-win for us to have a good year. Yeah. And you're talking about, I mean, we should be 4-1, and 5-0 and coming into this game. I mean, losing Ole Miss and obviously San Jose State and then Texas A&M, we should have won that one. We should be 5-0. and And you're you're, you're going to be pissed. You know why you're pissed? You lose a Kentucky game because we get our first. We're like, oh, we're ranked. You know, we're ranked top 20 for the first time in several years. And then we, we go to Kentucky and lose to them. We'll be pissed about losing our top 25 ranking instead of pissed about dropping up 2-4 and four and still, you know, not winning an SEC game for three years. Um, that, that would have been the difference. Yeah, we would have been pissed off. It would have been, we wouldn't have been saying, "Well, it could be worse." We'd we'd be back to our old Razorback selves, being pissed because we lost a a crap team. Exactly. When we shouldn't have. Exactly. So uh, this is a this is a must win, and Coach Morris's best chance to get an SEC win. If he doesn't get it, I don't see another one in his future this year. And uh, might not even beat Western Kentucky because if you go and you and you get beat by Kentucky, right? And you then you uh-huh. play Auburn, who's a powerhouse. You get beat up and play Auburn. You get beat up playing Alabama, number one team in the nation. You go to Mississippi State. You're all beat up. You're all down. You've lost all these games. You only got the two non-conference wins. You have no you know, moxie to you at all, and Mississippi State beats you down, and then you got a revenge game against Western Kentucky. It's a, yeah, Ty, Ty Story coming back, yeah. Yeah, it's, a quite, it's quite possible that you drop that game too. And yeah, Ty all, Story coming back, but see, it wasn't my fault. See how he treated me. Then you play a number five LSU, and then you show up to Little Rock, and there's nobody there. There's nobody on the golf course. There's nobody there. The fans have given in. They don't. They don't like gonna pay for that. Little Rock fans already ain't got a whole lot of money. You know, they're gonna wait till next year. 
and hopefully we'll have a better team. And you can't sell out War Memorial Stadium. You're 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 a horrible coach. For an SEC for an SEC game the day after Thanksgiving, not a not even a uh, you know playing Louisiana Monroe and Little Rock or somebody like that. You're playing an SEC team, a team we need to beat on you know a CBS nationally televised game. A lot of people are watching, and uh, but you know if we're sitting at two and nine, I mean, can you I mean can you blame a lot of folks that I mean. From around that area, a lot of people come in, not only from Little Rock, but obviously the South Arkansas and the coming from the uh, the, the Delta side of Arkansas. Um, but who? I mean, it's going to be hard to uh, spend all your Christmas money and things and holiday holiday money on uh, seeing a two and nine football team. So I mean, yeah, you got to win, got to win. It all, everything, everything hinges on this win. You beat Kentucky, now you got a little bit of moxie. You go, you lose to Auburn and Alabama. You know that's going to happen probably anyway. But you got that first SEC win. You walk into Mississippi State. You got that close Texas A&M game, and you feel like you got something to prove. And now, can you beat that middle-of-the-pack SEC team? That's what you're facing. And you might have enough moxie to do it at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should, but it's it comes down to this weekend. I mean, and remember, guys, if we can get five wins, Missouri's not going to a bowl game this year. They can't go to a bowl game. We can possibly sneak into a bowl game, even if we lost to Missouri, with five wins, with the Kentucky, with the Mississippi State, and with the Western Kentucky win. We could go to a bowl game this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hell, I don't care. Yeah, somebody else can say they'll deny it, but I'll. I'll go. They're going to take the game get better if they're five and seven. Oh, and yeah, watch. no coach that is in his right mind is going to turn down a bowl game with a team this young and be allowed to practice more times at the end of the year, be allowed to get them in an environment where they can understand and see what a bowl game is like. I mean, why would you turn that down? You know, Just you know what's more embarrassing than a five and seven game, Chad? Don't you not go into a bowl game? Yeah, exactly. Not going to a bowl game because you're a cheater. Is the most embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 even more embarrassing. And they're going to take. And let me tell you, they're going to take a five-win SEC team over all these other conferences. They just are. Yeah, you you haven't seen as many upsets. Um, so there's a lot of teams sitting at uh, that are going to miss bowl games this year. There's a lot of teams that aren't going to make that. Yeah, six-win I- mark. I mean, think about it. Who would you rather see, like, Arkansas and Ohio University at the Beefo Brady Bowl or <laughs> Arkansas, Ohio University at the at the Liberty Bowl? Like, or, or you know what I mean? Oh, would yeah. Would you rather see, you know, Kent State and Ohio <laughs> University? Well, I guess they're in the same conference, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I think uh, you'd Arkansas rather have an Arkansas State, you know. <laughs> I think you'd definitely rather have a SEC fan base that's going to tune in. Oh yeah, and show up. Watch and try and sh- show up. I mean, we travel. We travel to ball games now. So. Yeah, especially if we got a chance to win. I mean, it's like heck yeah. Especially if you got that momentum going to the game. Because right now it's like man, you know, it's um, and I bet there are going to be a good amount of fans in uh, Lexington just because we travel and you know, we're big hog fans. But imagine how much there will be if we you know go to a bowl game and people are like, all right, man, I feel good. We got a shot to win. Oh, I proved we can win that game. I agree with you. I agree with you. 
I don't know. Did we miss anything? Is there anything that, uh, you know, that we, uh, we missed on Kentucky that, that we need to bring up or, or anything? I don't think so. I feel like that covers, covers them pretty well. Um, it's a team we should beat. <laughs> I mean, um, we'd be disappointed if we lose. I don't, I don't care if it is a road game. Um, they're not the, you know, a different story. Might have been the Kentucky of last year, but still, I would have been embarrassed. But uh, there's no sense in losing to them this year. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. We we def- definitely shouldn't lose to them. I think that, uh, you know, we got to really, you know, we got to get out there and do what we got to do. Um, just going to be a big physical team, you know, and we got to get out there. and we got to be more physical than them, and we can. That's the thing. We can be more physical than them if we, if we just get out there and, and we we buckle down and we do it. Uh, if we play them like, God, I'm gonna say it like we played Texas A&M, you know, then we can win. Like we played Colorado State, then we can win. If we go play them like Kent San Jose State, then we ain't got a chance. No. Yeah, if we play them like San Jose State, yeah, they'll they'll. They'll get a lead on us and run the run the clock out, and they might be just four to nothing. But that'd be that'd be awfully embarrassing. Lose that way too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. Well, um, I think oh, I got to kind of. Joe Craddock says the biggest thing is we got to quit turning it over. Yeah, I just thought I'd mention that out. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is we got to quit turning it over. I think the biggest thing, Joe, is that you got to start calling some plays that make sense and figure out how to punch it in when we're in a red zone. Quit throwing the ball whenever we're in that situation. Run it. It's your fault. You're the one that called a pass play or RPO. That's not the field position you need to be in to call a RPO. Oh, exactly. Well, yeah, what is he talking about? We have the. One interception against A&M, but after that we turned it on. Um, so that didn't really, and that was in the first half. You don't, you don't run the ball that the last drive of the game. You stop running it when we have the lead. What the hell? I mean, yeah, we yeah. don't want turnovers, but gee whiz. The, he's putting a scapegoat saying that's, a, cause that's more of a player thing. You know, it's in their yep. control to exactly. turn it over or not. So he's – Yeah, don't don't take don't take credit for, you know, your horrible play calling. Go ahead and pass it off on the players. Like you know, they're doing something wrong. They're 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 out there doing their best with what you're giving them. And you want them to do better, give them something better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, the the scapegoating thing by these coaches sometimes. The um, staff is it's bad ridiculous. About it. Yeah, it, it it trickles down from the head coach though. So, well, I guess that's all we got on. Uh, on uh, Kentucky, well, I guess we'll we'll go to this br- this break. We'll come back with some uh, some more Arkansas sports for you. So stay tuned. Back to the Hog Call Podcast. Well, Chad, before we move on to some other Arkansas sport related things. How about we give a score prediction for the Arkansas-Kentucky football game? Yeah, I think we need to do that. I should have mentioned it prior to saying we are going to commercial break. So <laughs> That's all right. Sometimes you got to get that commercial in. Um, well, I've got one I was kind of thinking about. I'm going to go Arkansas 20, 
Kentucky 14. Arkansas 20, Kentucky 14. All right. Goodness. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and say Arkansas 32, Kentucky 31. Wow. I like that. That's exciting. I don't know if I can handle that, but I think it's going to be a close game no matter how we look at it. <laughs> how about... Uh, I wish I would have added some overtimes in there, but, you know. <laughs> 14 overtimes. <laughs> 14 overtimes. That'd be that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> that'd be fun, though. As long as if I knew we were going to win, you know. <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd be up watching it. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. I'd probably watch the replay the next day or two. <laughs> it's like, that was exciting. I mean, especially if we won, because it would just be like, that's the program changer right there. That's it. <laughs> that's, it. that's it coach all the we'll be all talking up coach morris and stuff i will if he wins i'll talk him up i promise watch oh yeah but we haven't been showing we can win a power five game yet so there's nothing been really to brag about i don't know i'll probably um, but... still call out his bad play calls and so at this point i have to at this point he's kind of forced in my hand even though we won by 14 we could have won by 28 <laughs> that's fine that's the attitude we need to have when we win like or that's, that's what we need to be that's what we need to expect especially against kentucky exactly well hockey is pretty stagnant right now they've been on bye weeks and stuff also so they're still undefeated last game was against uh vanderbilt uh six to three win so not not really a lot to not to get a lot to give you there but uh, they do play uh, Missouri State, and that is going to be on the 11th. What is that? Tomorrow. At, That's tomorrow, uh, yeah. 7.30. Heck, if you're not doing anything tomorrow, I mean, you get out there and, and watch that. I'm definitely going to go ahead and put it on the uh, YouTube when I get home from work tomorrow. Grab a uh, drink, kick back, and, and watch the game for sure. And then... Uh, they play again on Saturday uh, at uh, 3.05, which, you know, would be a good uh, a good one to catch if you're, you know, prone to doing so. Yeah, um, play Missouri State. They're, they're only 2-0, two games so far. Um, they're in the same region. We are the Pacifica region. They're a rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've played, you know, we play them every year, uh, usually home and home with them. Uh, goes back 11 seasons in the D3 era. We were twenty-one and eleven over uh, against them. A lifetime record over thirty-two games. Um, four games last season, we split two and two. Like you said, we had a bye week in last week. We've, this is the first home game after three weeks away. Coming home undefeated September, and they're also doing a Pink the Rink weekend in an effort to raise awareness for breast cancer. So well, there you go. And yeah. the thing about that three oh five—that's a great time because you know you you start your pre-gaming. You know, you're pulling your ribs off around that time. Everybody's hungry. They want to eat. Nobody wants to wait until <laughs> 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock to eat, right? Nobody wants to. Go ahead and throw the, yeah. throw, the, throw the hockey game on the big screen TV at your tailgate, you know, or at your uh, at your, at your watch party. And, uh, you know, it's easy to do. You just do it with the YouTube uh, app they got and you throw it up on your big screen and then you feed everybody and you eat and you watch the hockey game and then you flip over at the end of that to the football game so you're going into that football game with a good arkansas win and i'll tell you 
that's going to change your whole outlook going into that Kentucky game. Oh, you're going to be fired up, especially after we beat Missouri State Friday night. We might be yeah, like 53 said. to 2 or something. <laughs> I mean, as much as we've well, we, been scoring. The way we've been doing, yeah. And uh, like you said, you know, get the lunch going, pulling some ribs off or kind of good barbecue or something good. And um, that 3 o'clock, man, you can have have it ready about 2.30, eat and watch that game. And then right before the football game starts, have leftovers. Have that second meal once you digest it, you know. Oh, come yeah. back and have a second meal right in time for that game. But, Gotta you know, especially for especially for that football game, you want to have the food ready before then so you can sit down and not have to, like, you know, everybody standing in a line, looking around the corner at the TV, trying to see the game, and trying to trying to also stack their plates because everybody wants some good food. But that's a perfect time. Good to, uh, Kudos to the hockey for the for the schedule working out that way yeah it's nice when they don't overlap some saturdays it does overlap and all that's always you know of course football supersedes hockey yeah but uh when it doesn't overlap always try to get it on the tv so you know everybody can watch it before we watch the the, the football game or after a lot of times they'll have the hockey game after the football game too and that's always a good time so Man, and this is uh, not trying to jump ahead because Missouri State's uh, pretty solid. But man, that next weekend at Michigan oh, and yeah. at Oakland, it's just exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to watching those games because um, uh, kind of looking. I was trying to see if the rank they had rankings out yet. They don't, but the last rankings from last year for D three, Michigan was number two in the North region, and Oakland was number eight. So those are some big matchups. But so let's take care of business this weekend at home. Yeah. We head back out on the road. Go out there undefeated, feeling good about ourselves. Maybe pull out the big win against Michigan and Oakland. Oh yeah, to be eleven and zero, going up there. Oh man, that's gonna be. Then you play the Grand Valley State, isn't that? Wasn't that where the that's... Karate Kid did the tournaments at? <laughs> I think so. Oh, they were number four last year. I, excuse me, I didn't look that far down. They were number four in the North Region. Oh wow, um, that's four days in a row. That's a grind for a hockey team. Grind, and that's, that's all exciting. those Northern teams too. Those teams are, you know, they're different. They're a different beasts. They're not like these, you know, Southern teams. But the thing about it is. We're able to recruit with a lot of those teams because of our location. Yeah, and uh, I'm kind of excited about that. I'll have to turn that uh, uh, the audio on for the uh, 11 a.m. Tuesday morning game at Grand Valley State. That last of that four-game kind of road swing. Yeah, that was an excited just listener. So maybe well, we can get Matt on next week, and uh, he can... Uh, talk us through a little bit of this before we go play those big games yeah that'd be awesome matt i know you're listening go out and do some scouting on the mission try to find the i'm sure you know michigan and those gotta have a hockey uh video oh yeah figure it out (laughs) so we pay you for matt come on now (laughs) so that's why you make the big money oh yeah uh Oh, so yeah. So, um, what else do we got? Arkansas sport wise, anything else, Tim? Uh, really? I mean, we talked about basketball first and football and hockey. Um, I think the all the other sports are doing pretty good. I know the women's cross country team was or one of the track they were ranked number one, so that's cool as always. 
every other sport besides football is good, man. Yeah, every other sport besides football is is, is pretty solid. Um, uh, but I don't if if you're ready for some fantasy uh, projections, I could probably. Man, I was trying to hold off on that as badly as I did. But, <laughs> all right, well, let's go. Well, you know, and I was, you know, Matt, who we were just talking about, he is on the, uh, he's, uh, I played him last week, and I forgot to set my lineup, so he got a freebie. He, he got a freebie. Well, yeah. Although, a... I did look at it, and if I would have set my lineup, he still beat me about 60 points, so... Oh, well, there's nothing I guess you can <laughs> kind of say about that then. Um, yeah, still, I mean, you got a big matchup this week. I'm sorry to say you're going to lose again. Uh, we play each other. We're both 3-3 three and three in the SEC division. We're both projected to have 139-something. So it's like a 50-50 chance to win for our game. It's a big game for the playoff race. Um, so... Boyd's going to have a big day. You've got him. He's going to have a lot more than 9.37 points. So um, I'll have to root against Mond for a and oh, He's not going to get 28 points against Alabama and Kelly Bryant. Yeah, he's probably going to have a good day against Mississippi. But I also have some have some bigger days. And, uh, well, let's, let's see who's – you know, it's kind of like the other weeks. Uh, two of legit to quit, still 6-0. and Uh-huh. Um, you know, touchdown Jesus, raising snacks, Hogville Slammers, JW. <laughs> you got Matt over there, Van Gundy's mullet, who scored the uh, most points in the division. He's sitting top of the SEC, second in the league, and I'm right there second in the division. So I've moved my way up. You know, I, I had a two-game lose streak where I lost by less than a point, and it only made sense that I would I would win one game. But a big one this week in between us. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I went and set my lineup right away. It's first thing I did. I want to make sure that was done because I'm not going down, not going out like that, especially against you. So uh, it is a 50 50% chance to win with a 139 to 139 point prediction for each of us. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. I've got Trey Knox going. He's gonna maybe he'll have a big day against Kentucky and lead me to a victory. Yep, I hope so. I got Boyd in. Uh, I was I took him out last week because I was like, I'm not. Yeah, we're not doing any good. Got mad at the team basically. And that <laughs> wasn't good. I should have left him in. So I got him back in now. So he didn't get as burnt, but we'll see if Craddock learned his lesson and gives him the ball more than 18 times. Yeah, give it to him 25, 30 times. Let's go ahead and run the ball. Good Lord. They're horrible. At their, I, I, I digress. We already went over it. I know. Find creative ways to change it up. Have some different uh, running plays. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we, we've been over at this and that. So, Well, who do you think is going to pull this thing out at the end of the season? Who do you think is going to be the, you know, who do you think will be walking away with the threads? The whole well, if it's not t-shirt. if it's not me, I mean it's hard to hard to doubt uh, this too legit to quit. But a lot of times, you know, you see um, fantasy sports, uh, the best team may not win the trophy at the end. So whoever's going to be hot. College football is weird because the last week of the, the season is um, 
this is the last week of obviously the regular f- football season, so it's really hard. Um, or you know, it's hard to kind of predict who's who's going to be playing and things and what matchups. It all depends on matchups. We'll see, but uh, you know, but Matt Van Gundy's Molt has a really good chance. Um, a couple other teams have a really good chance too, but it's a still long way to go. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, if I had to pick somebody right now, it'd be me. I think I'm going to make a sick comeback. But, uh, you know, somebody else might sneak up on me there at the end and barely pull it out. We'll see. We'll just have to see. If I get, all I got to do is get into the playoffs. And that's that's all that matters. Once I'm in, it's all gravy from there. Yeah, that's the big thing. My team's going to be built the second half of the season. I don't like this this league too because we allow you know we got sixteen teams in the league, um, and uh, I almost need it with college ball too. Yeah, there's so many players, and there's so it's such a big difference between the the selection of quarterbacks. There's quarterbacks on the bench that you can get in the player thing or the player portal that are always averaging twenty something points a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know half the teams are so eight teams make it, so there's no bye week. So you got to bring it from from week one of the playoffs to the last to the championship. Yeah. It's coming down to the nitty gritty though. Six games gone. I mean we're we're getting the first week is week twelve of the college football season. So this is the stretch run for this for this league. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it for sure. But I'm looking forward to winning it. I just I gotta make sure I make sure I continue to do well. Absolutely. You just got to keep on keeping on with it. That's that's uh, that's that. That's what we got to do. Well said. Well, I don't know if there's anything <laughs> else that we got to say about that, honestly, Tim. I think that about covers it. I think it does. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to uh, having something to talk about, that has nothing to do with uh, Arkansas football or Arkansas or Arkansas sports in general. Um, you know, I read an article this week that just blew my mind. There's this old boy that had been diagnosed with autism at like 26 years old and so they gave him a pill to take to help him with it and uh, apparently it made him grow great big voluptuous boobs like not like little little boobs but great big boobs that lactated and squirted out milk and everything fully functioning boobs on a man lactating how much do you think of a settlement you would get for something like that for pretty much oh um 30 million dollars he got six billion dollars awarded to him six billion billion dollars wow um so, I'd probably trade boobs for $6 billion. Yeah. Like, what? What are you looking at? 
<laughs> so Johnson and Johnson said, you know, that was egregious. It was, you know, way too much. We're going to appeal this or whatever. Not paying the $6 billion. But uh, the jury was basically like, yeah, I mean, like, it's not like the company should have thought about the human being involved here, not about their profits. And they made billions in profits, so we want to award this guy billions of dollars. And apparently there's like, I don't know, I think they said something like 200 lawsuits against Johnson & Johnson for this pill for the exact same thing. Oh, shoot. Well, they got it on the thing that says it causes you to grow tits right on the right on the dang bottle. Why would you take it? Yeah, I don't ever understand. Uh, a lot of these, you see all these commercials and they're like, uh, did you need this? You know, take this. And it's like uh, brain hemorrhages and uh, <laughs> this and this, all kinds of internal bleeding. And it's like, why would you take that stuff? Um, What's wrong with you? <laughs> look at the side effects. It just might have to, uh, you know, look at something else. Um, ooh, that's rough. Crazy. That's quite a bit, though. Well, I mean, I thought I thought you were going to tell me the other other way. I thought you were going to tell me less than, I was like, 30 million. I was like, well, that sounded quite a bit. 200,000, Tim. No, man. Billions of dollars, this guy. Yeah, they've got to, I mean, well, that's what they get. But, yeah, you're right, too, though. You gotta read the label. You gotta read the warnings. I, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. And maybe they didn't have the warning on the label at that time. Maybe that's something that they've added at at this point. Maybe yeah. the guy didn't know he was gonna grow boobs from you know taking the pill. But I'll tell you what, man. I'll be honest. If I could take the pill and grow boobs and. Even get a couple million, man. I mean, I'm sure the surgery to have that corrected is probably a lot less than a couple million. But billions? Even to get billions? I'd, I'd probably go for it for billions. I mean, I'd just get the surgery done and some skin grafts and stuff. Even if you just had to wear a t-shirt. Even if you couldn't, like, like if you took your shirt off to jump in your nice pool that you bought with your billions of dollars and it freaked everybody out. So you had to wear <laughs> one of those swim shirts when you went swimming. <laughs> be worth it for that much money. Yeah, like you're saying, you can just win a swim shirt. Plus, if anybody's at your pool... And just unless you already had a nice pool, they'd be like, "Well, kind of, where'd you get it from?" Well, you lift up your shirt here. Just lift up your shirt, and you'll know why. <laughs> like hell, whatever. Like if you're really somebody's friend that that should be at your house, and you know you invite over, they should be understanding of that. Be like, huh, whatever. Oh yeah, I'd be like, hey Tim, nice I say that, nice, that billion nice, dollar chest. <laughs> nice tits. <laughs> <laughs> You could just keep them. You Cannonball, know? yeah. <laughs> kind of a sense of pride. Got back tits, tits on the front, tits on the back. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, took it too far. I think you did. We're going to cut this whole thing out. I'm not cutting it out. Go hogs. Woo pig. <laughs>